Welcome and thank you for tuning in to Journey to Purpose podcast, your source for Christ-centered girl talk and inspiration. I am your host, Ilana Major, and I hope that you are as excited and inspired by this message as I am. Let's get into it. Hello, 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 everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Journey to Purpose podcast. I am your host, Ilana Major. And as usual, I am elated to be here with you guys on today. I have a mighty word of the Lord that I pray is going to touch the heart of every believer that is going to touch the heart of every individual who hears this. I pray that when you hear this story, if you do not believe that God is who he says he is. I pray that God reveals himself to you on today. And so before I get into the word of the Lord, I want to say welcome to all of our special guests, our first time listeners. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. We love you. (laughs) We hope that you feel the love. We're so grateful that you are here. I hope and pray that this word speaks to your heart on today. And for my returning listeners, where will we be without you guys? I thank you for continuing to tune in. I thank you guys for all of your love and your support and your encouragement and all of the ways that God has used you guys to speak a word into my life, to strengthen me along this journey. I bless God for each one of you. Now let's get into the word, you guys, the word of the Lord. I can't even delay it (laughs) because this thing is in my belly, but the word of the Lord on today is titled divine intervention. And as I always say, if you have your Bible, I'm going to need you to get your Bible, okay? I'm going to delay real quick because I want you to have an opportunity to run and go grab it. Get your Bible, get you a pen, get you some paper because the Lord is going to speak a word into your life on today. The scripture that we are going to be reading from is Daniel chapter 6. We are going to read from 10 through 24. If you are driving, just track with me, just roll with me. I got you. Don't worry about going to get your word. Um, I am going to be reading again, beginning at verse 10. And the word of the Lord reads as such. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published up, hold on, you guys, before I get into this word, for whatever reason, the Lord's like, you got to let the people know where we are in this. Okay. So I want to give you guys a little bit of background before I fully get into this. For those of you guys who maybe have not heard of this story, or for those of you guys who have never heard the Bible spoken a day in your life, Where we are in the story is there is a man by the name of Daniel. Daniel has a relationship with the Lord. Not only does Daniel have a relationship with with the Lord, Daniel is faithful. Daniel lives a lifestyle that is pleasing in the sight of his Lord. Daniel is a man who honors God with his whole heart. And it shows up even in his work ethic. Daniel walks in such excellence. Daniel has such an amazing character and integrity that the king has taken notice of him. He is employed as an official for the king. Now watch this. The king has been watching Daniel and he sees Daniel's case his nature. He sees Daniel's character. He sees Daniel's heart. And he says to himself, this is a man who can be trusted. I am going to put him in charge of my entire kingdom. And when he makes this decision, there are many other officials who are on the same level as Daniel who are angry about it. They're frustrated 
Um, they're angry, they're frustrated, but more than anything, they are envious and jealous of the anointing that's on Daniel's life. They are jealous that Daniel is getting ready to go to another level. They are jealous of his elevation. And if I could just summon Mary J. Blige's spirit for a quick moment, we know that most times in our life when we are getting ready to experience any type of elevation, there is going to be some type of hateration. And so that does not that does not, um, that's not one of those things that only happen in biblical times. That's one of those things that happens even now. It is the nature of people oftentimes to be envious. And so in this particular story, the men begin to plot evil in their hearts concerning Daniel. They're like, how can we eliminate him? How can we get rid of him? They're so jealous of him. They want his position so badly that they have come up with the plan to take Daniel out. And the plan is this. They go to the king and they, they, they do all of this sucking up to the king and they're doing all of this and they tell the king, hey, you should make an edict that nobody can worship or bow or pray to anyone but you, your majesty, because you're just so great, right? Um, listen here, you guys, even when I think about that, when I think about flattery, be careful of who, whose flattery you listen to. Be careful of flattery. And when people are being um, when they continue to flatter you in these types of ways, ask God to expose the motives in their heart. Because we see that in this story, even as they were flattering the king, they were plotting evil in their heart against someone else. And so they tell the king this, the king makes this edict, he makes this law, he makes this rule, and it cannot be repealed, it cannot be changed, it is what it is at this point. And right here, I'm going to begin reading about what Daniel's response is to this. Verse 10 says, now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. I want to say that one more time, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any God or human being except you, your majesty, would be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, the decree stands in accordance with the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. Then they say to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, your majesty, or to the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. Listen, you guys, even when I read this, y'all, I'm ready to get into my message. When I read this, I am reminded that there are certain things in our lives that only God can do. There are certain things that are a God job. Yes, God uses people, but there are certain seasons of your life that you're only going to get to the other side of it. If God shows up, if God intervenes, there are certain heartbreak and heartache that you can only heal from. If God shows up, there are certain illnesses that you can never recover from unless God shows up. And so here 
we're looking at Daniel and we see that the king is distraught because the king desires to help Daniel because he knows Daniel's heart. He sees his character. He knows the kind of man that he is. He wants to rescue him, but yet he has given his word. Verse 15, then the men went as a group to King Darius and said to him, remember your majesty that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. So the king gave the order and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, may your God whom you serve continually rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him. And he could not sleep. Somebody is listening to this right now. And I just want to park parenthetically on that curve. Somebody is listening to this. And I want you to know that there are people who can't sleep because of the way that they did you. There are people who have no rest in them. They have no peace because of how they have done you. Because when you do right by somebody who honors the Lord, when you do right by somebody who has a pure heart, when you do right by somebody who is faithful unto God, there is something about that that just will not allow your soul and your spirit to rest. And so here we are. The king is at a place where he can't rest. He can't eat. He can't sleep because he knows the weight of what he has done has set with him. Verse 19, at the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice. Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, may the king live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. My God, they have not hurt me. Because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. I want to tell you again why no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God, at the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and children. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Glory to God. You guys, I don't know about you, but when I tell you that this scripture is speaking to my heart right now, when I tell you that I see the glory of God in this, I want to make sure that I share with you those things that are on my heart concerning this scripture, because truthfully, you guys, if I were to break this whole thing down, we could probably be here all day and night because there is so much meat on this bone. But for the purposes of this evening, for the purposes of today, whatever time it is that you're listening to this podcast, for the purpose of that, we are going to keep this to three points, okay? Um, in terms of experiencing divine intervention, I want to let you know 
that you have to invite God in. For some of you guys, you will be surprised to know that there are some things that bother you that you have never prayed about. There are some things that have been on your heart that you have not had a conversation with God about. You've talked to your mother about it. You have talked to your friend. You have talked to your boss. You've talked to your coworker. You have talked to your friend who has a close relationship with God. You have talked to all of these people, yet you have not consulted with the Lord, yet you have not invited God in as you listen to this. I'm asking that you examine yourself, examine yourself and see, is there any area of my life where I have neglected to let God in, where I have neglected to invite God in? We see that Daniel gets the victory at the end of this, but it starts at the beginning of him letting God in. It starts at the beginning of him being faithful with God. It starts at the beginning when he says, okay, y'all put this degree decree in place but I will not walk away from my God. And so Daniel has been faithful to the Lord. He invites the Lord into his situation. And the scripture doesn't say specifically, but it does say that the men heard him praying and asking God for help. What do you think Daniel was asking the Lord for help with? Daniel was saying, Lord, I'm in this situation. I need you to come now. God, I'm in a situation. I need you to come quickly. God, I'm in a bind. I need you to show up. Lord, I need you. Have you ever been in a bind where you said, Lord, I need you to come now, Lord. Come now, Lord, not tomorrow, God. God, I don't have another year. I need you to come now, Lord. Daniel was going to God saying, Lord, I need your help. And so when we look at that scripture, you guys, and what I find interesting to that is, is that Daniel, in in spite of everything that he was going through, in spite of the consequences that he saw coming, he said, I'm still going to go to my God. This is a word to the person who feels as if because of something that they've done, because of something that they're facing. And some of you guys, you are going through some trials and tribulations because of your own doing, because of the decisions that you have made. But I want you to know that even in that, God wants you to keep coming back to him. Even in it, God says, come back to me. Even in um, the brokenness, God said, come back to me. Even in your sin, God is like, come back to me. God does not want anything to separate you from him. And so I say to you, if you are in a season where you need divine intervention, the first thing that you have to do is let God in, invite God in, invite God in. Revelations 3 verse 20 says this, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. The Lord says, if you open this door, I'm knocking. I want to come in. I want to come heal you. I want to come help you. I want to come give you strength. I want to come save you. I want to be present. I want to have a relationship with you. I want to fellowship with you, but you got to let me in. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. You will fellowship with me. We will walk together. We will have a relationship. We will connect. That is what God is saying he will do when we invite him in. The second thing that the Holy Spirit revealed to me is this. God doesn't always intervene the way that you want him to. God doesn't always intervene the way that he, you want him to. And so for those of you guys who are awaiting God's intervention, 
I want you to know, I just want to warn you that the way you think God is going to show up may not be the way God shows up at all. Daniel probably wished that God had intervened before he was thrown in the lion's den. Lord, couldn't you have intervened before this? Lord, couldn't you have shown up before I had to get in the belly of the beast? Lord, couldn't you have shown up before I was facing my enemy, before I was going to be destroyed Lord couldn't you have shown up before now and the Lord says no I will show up when I want I show up how I want I do things according to my will my ways are not your ways my thoughts are not your thoughts they are higher as the heavens are above the earth as the heavens are higher than the earth I don't show up the way you want me to because I show up in accordance to my own will and so here Daniel is Daniel's getting to the point where he's in the lion den. And I'm sure even up to the point where Daniel was getting ready to put in God, he was probably like, okay, God, now at any moment, you can stop this Lord, Lord, at any moment, you can, you can, you can stop this whole thing from going down. Lord, you know, I haven't done anything Lord at any moment. You can step in. Have you ever gone through a season in your life where you were like, okay, Lord, time is ticking Lord. Any moment, any moment now. Any moment now, Lord, any moment, Lord, I needed the blessing yesterday. Any moment now, I needed the healing yesterday, Lord, any moment now, Lord, I needed you to restore it any moment now. Oh God, I needed the employment, Lord, yesterday, God, any moment now, God, I'm waiting for you to show up. And so here Daniel is in the same type of predicament. Daniel is like, okay, Lord, I got to get all the way to the lion's den before you show up. And just as Daniel was wondering that, some of you all are saying, Lord, why did I have to get all the way to the point of a divorce before you showed up? Lord, why did the addiction have to completely ravage my father? Why did the addiction have to completely ravage my child? Why did this addiction, oh God, have to completely overtake me, God, before you showed up? Lord, couldn't you have shown up before then? Couldn't you have taken the taste out of my mouth before then? Father God, why did the unexpected pregnancy have to show up, oh God? Lord, couldn't you have intervened before then? God, couldn't you have taken the desire from sex away from me before then? Lord, couldn't you have shown up before then? Father God, couldn't you have shown up before my job let me go? Lord, couldn't you have shown up before I decided that I was going to entertain this toxic relationship? God, couldn't you have shown up before then? And God says, I show up when I want to show up. I show up how I want to show up. I show up in a way that is in accordance to my will. You may not understand what I'm doing, but I am with you. I am for you. And I still have a plan for your life. Ultimately, you guys, when you're going through these things and it seems as if God is not quite showing up yet, what God wants to know, what God is testing, what God is asking you is, will you still trust me? When the divorce is final and you no longer feel as if you have a covering, God wants to know, will you still trust me? When you're to the point where it seems as if there is no turning back, Lord, I don't think I can ever bounce back from this financial ruin. God wants to know, will you still trust me? When your child has gotten so far outside of the will of God, when your child is in no way reflecting the values and morals that they grew up learning underneath you, and it seems as if there is no way out for them, it seems as if they're not going to bounce back from this, and it seems as if their whole life is changing, they'll never be what you want them to be. God wants to know, will you still 
Trust me. Will you still trust me? Often when God tests our faith, it exposes that which is in our heart. And so God wants to know, will you still trust me? Will you still trust me? Will you still trust me? Last, you guys, the last thing that the Holy Spirit revealed to me, and I've been alluding to it, is that God will get the glory however he chooses. God will get the glory. It, it, no matter whether it looks like glory to you or not, God will get the glory. I want you to understand that God is going to get the glory, period. There are no and ifs and buts about it. God always gets the glory. I don't care what the story is. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care whether you see the glory or not. I want you to know that God is going to get the glory, but he gets the glory however he sees fit. He gets the glory however he chooses. He gets the glory in a way that is in accordance to his will. And so I want to know you guys, what if instead of rescuing you from it, he gives you the strength to endure it? I told you guys that God doesn't always intervene the way that we want him to. I'm going to ask you again, what if instead of rescuing you from it, he gives you the strength to endure it? What if instead of healing you, he simply says, my grace is sufficient. There is a scripture that says, but he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. What if instead of restoring the marriage, he says, let them go. However, he answers you guys. I want to remind you that he's still good. Whether he heals the disease or allows you to go through it to refine you or develop you in some way. He's still good. Whether he shows up at the break of day or in the midnight hour, I want you to know that he's still good. Whether he gives them the healing on this side of heaven or the other, he's still good. He's still good. He's still sovereign. He's still God. He is still with you. He is still for you. He still has a plan for your life. And so I want to reiterate, you guys, reiterate everything that I stressed on today, you guys. When we look at the story of Daniel, there are so many things that I see in this story. I see a man who said, for God, I live and for God, I die. He didn't try to run away, you guys, when he realized that they placed this decree in place and he knew that it was going to implicate him. He didn't run from it. He faced it. And he may have been afraid in some type of way because he was asking the Lord for help. But the Bible doesn't say that he actually expressed any level of fear. Who knows what Daniel was going through? All we know is that Daniel continued to pray. And so what I want to know is, are you going to continue to pray? I don't care at what point you are in the process. I don't care if it looked like you have been written off. I don't care if it looks like, okay, this can never be changed. Listen, even when we read in this story, he said that it could never be changed. Matter of fact, I want to go back and I want to read to you guys the scripture. Then the men, this is verse 16. Then the men went as a group to King Darius and said to him, remember your majesty that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. What I love about this, you guys, is that 
A lot of time we try to do things on our own, that there are so many things that we try to get ourselves out of. We try to call people who can get us out of. You guys, it wouldn't be faith if we weren't at a place where only God could do it. This is where your faith is tested. When it seems like it is immovable, when it seems like the barrier or the obstacle is immovable, when it seems like there is no way possible that this door is going to open up for you, when it seems as if my womb is shut, no baby is going to come, when it seems as if it is impossible, I want to remind you, there is nothing that is impossible with God. There is nothing that is impossible with God. Somebody needs to hear that there is nothing impossible with God. I don't care if it's the marriage that needs to be restored. I don't care if it's the heart that needs to be mended. I don't care if it's depression. I don't care if you have isolated yourself. I want you to know that nothing is impossible with God. I don't care what the diagnosis is. I want you to know that nothing is impossible with God. We see throughout scripture that Jesus went and he healed people. And when the Bible says that he healed all manner of diseases, he healed all kinds of diseases. I want you to know that that means that there is no way that there is a limitation on him to heal yours. If he did it before, he can do it again. The same God right now, same God back then, God has not lost the ability to heal. He has not lost the ability to restore. He has not lost the ability to heal your broken heart. God has not lost the ability to give you peace. God is a great God. And I want you to know that God is sovereign, you guys. A lot of the times, the way that we want God to show up. I heard my sister say earlier, I was talking to my sister, Lisa, and she referred to a statement that someone made and they said they were in a relationship, not a marriage. I want you guys to hear me clearly. I'm very intentional with my words. They were in a relationship and they were having issues in the relationship. All hell was breaking loose in the relationship. And she began to pray. And she said, the more I began to pray, the worse things got. In some situations, you guys, the fact that it is getting worse as you pray, even that is an answer from the Lord. Even that Let's God, let's you see what is on the heart of God. Even that ought to cause you to understand the will of God even more. There's no peace in this. That's because God hasn't called you to it. There's no peace in this. That's because you were never meant to be here. There's no peace in this. That's because they never were your friend. There's no peace in this. That's because God did not lead you into it. Let me get back to the text, you guys. The first thing that I said is that if you are going to experience a divine intervention, if you're going to experience divine intervention, you have to let God in. But even in your letting God in, I need you to know that God doesn't always intervene the way that you want him to. There are times where God shows up and God heals. There are times where God shows up and God spares their life, where God shows up and God completely um, changes the situation. There are times where God shows up and that person's heart's changed. And now that person has an apology for you. But then there are times when God says, if they never apologize, if they never admit wrongdoing, if they never at all try to make things right with you, will you still trust me? Will you trust me to get glory out of it the way that I want to get glory out of it? 
If they never come back and say, um, I want to, I want to try this again. I want to work on this marriage. I want it to be restored. If they never come back and do this, God wants to know, will you still trust me? Can you trust that I'm going to get the glory out of this either way? Can you trust that I am a God who gets his glory that no act of any human being will ever stop me from getting glory? God doesn't always intervene the way that you want him to, but God does always get the glory. Okay. Last, I said that God will get the glory however he chooses. Sometimes getting the glory the way that God chooses means that, no, I'm not going to deliver you out of this situation. No, I'm not going to permit you to leave this marriage. No, I'm not going to permit you to leave this job. No, I'm not going to permit you to quit school. No, I'm not going to permit you to leave this neighborhood. No, I'm not going to permit you to leave this church but I am going to give you the strength to endure the attacks. I'm going to give you the strength that you need to endure. I'm going to give you the strength that you need to get up day by day and continue to glorify me in the midst of what you're going through. And I said, what if instead of healing you, he simply says, my grace is sufficient. Somebody needs to know that that even if God doesn't heal you, even if he doesn't show up the way that you he wants or that you want him to, I need you to know that God's word to you on today is this, but my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. I know you feel weak. I know you feel like, and some of you guys, we're not even talking about healing. Some of you guys feel weak mentally. Some of you guys are like, how could I have ever fallen for that? Some of you guys are like, how did I ever fall into this trap? How did I get myself into this? I know you feel weak, but where you are weak, God is strong. Invite God into whatever it is. And I guarantee you, he's going to get the glory. God is a God that gets glory. He gets glory. He gets his glory. However he chooses. All right, you guys, I'm going to say my three points and I'm not even going to expound on them anymore, but in experiencing divine intervention, you have to be willing to let God in. You have to be willing to invite God in, invite God in. If you're taking notes, I specifically want you to write that down. Invite God in. The second thing that I shared is even when you invite God in, I want you to prepare yourself because the way that God shows up, God doesn't always intervene the way you want him to. That's what you should write. God doesn't always intervene the way that you want him to. Last, I want you to know that God will get the glory. But he's going to get the glory in the way that he sees fit. He's going to get the glory however he chooses. And for us, you guys, we have to be mindful that God is the God who can be trusted, that our faith, um, our faith begs us to, instead of looking at all of the external factors, instead of even tuning into ourselves and our feelings, our faith uh, requires us to trust in God no matter what we see, to trust in God no matter what we feel, to trust in God no matter what they're saying, trust in God no matter what it looks like. What God wants to know is, will you trust me? And so in this particular story, you guys, Daniel not only gets the victory, those who plotted evil 
in their hearts concerning Daniel, God handled them. At no point did Daniel try to attack them. Daniel never tried in any type of way to get his lick back. Daniel in no type of way tried to get revenge on these people. All Daniel did was keep his eyes fixed on the Lord. And so for someone who is listening to this on today, who has been attacked, who has been lied on, who people have spoken ill of, and whatever it is, I want you to know that God's will for you is to keep your eyes fixed on him. That no matter what they say, I want you to respond the same way Daniel responded. That, that Daniel continued. Matter of fact, let me go back up to the scripture because I love how it says, Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he has done before. Don't let this move you. Don't let these attacks from these people on your job move you. Don't let these attacks by the enemy move you. You give thanks to your God, just as you have done before. Don't let this diagnosis move you. Don't let this diagnosis deter you from giving glory to God. You give thanks thanks to your God, just as you have done before. Don't let the escalation of what's going on in your marriage, don't let it move you. You give thanks to your God, just as you have done before. Daniel kept his eyes on the Lord. Daniel stayed focused on com communing with the Lord. Daniel stayed walking in step with God rather than Daniel coming down from the place that he was, the type of man that he was, the integrity that he had. Daniel at no point allowed what they did to bring him out of character. And somebody needs to hear this on today. Stop allowing other people to bring you out of character. Stop allowing people. God is trying to bring you higher. But every time somebody insults you, every time somebody gets on your nerves, every time your patience is tried, you are coming down from a high place to a lowly place. And what God is saying is, I need you to not be moved by what they're saying. I need you to not be moved by the attacks. I need you to not let the enemy cause you to act in a manner that is beneath who I have called you to be. And so you guys, this is my episode on today. I probably could have preached about this for 20, 30 more minutes, but I'm not, I'm not going to hold you. I love you guys. And I truly pray that this word on today, I pray that it speaks to someone. I don't know what season you are in, you guys, but at some point in your life, you are going to need divine intervention. And I hope that when that season comes, I hope that you come back and you listen to this episode again. I hope that when that season comes, that you are like Daniel and you keep your eyes fixed on the Lord. I hope that when the season comes, that you don't allow it to deter you, that you continue to give thanks to your God, just as you have done before. I hope and I pray that you allow God to show up the way he seems he sees fit and to get the glory however he chooses all that being said I love you guys I love you guys I love you guys peace out if you're listening to this message that means that you finished this entire episode and for that I want to say thank you if this message blessed you in any way please consider supporting us by sharing the podcast, by subscribing to this podcast, and also by leaving us a review. We would greatly appreciate it if you could do those things. Again, thank you for tuning in. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Peace out.